0: Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Critical Twits gaming podcast, where today we'll be sharing our best ideas for Christmas games to play with your non-gaming friends and family. Hello and welcome back to the Critical Twits gaming podcast. I'm Brian Ennis.
1: I'm Joe Lewin. And I'm Jimmy Myland.
0: And today we're going to be sharing all our best ideas for games you can play with your non-gaming friends and family. Or if somehow, not being a gamer, you have stumbled upon this podcast, uh, been pointed in this direction by maybe someone who is a bit of a gamer or is more into their games than you, we'll give you some good ideas for maybe some things that will be good for you to start your board gaming collection. So, it's Christmas, a time of eating far too much spending far too much and other christmas things what else is Christmas about um,
1: arguing over monopoly
0: arguing over monopoly yeah spending time with people you maybe wouldn't normally spend time with and trying to find ways to pass the time together
1: yes um
0: so that battered copy of monopoly comes out of the uh out of the cupboard or that game of scrabble with no ease because the dog ate them one year
1: Mm, or maybe cluedo if you're feeling you know extra risque
0: yes yes bit of um bit of murder to spice up christmas uh did you know is it christmas day or boxing day is the day you're statistically most likely to be murdered by your spouse
1: (laughs) i i don't know one or the other i'm gonna say boxing day
2: yeah i think i do think just as a quick safety note we should point out you shouldn't feed your dog ease at christmas (laughs) generally a bad idea yeah
0: or when you get some very confused, um, maybe some teenagers looking for a dizzy and
2: Christmas high. <laughs> a little Ziploc bag full of Scrabble E's. Yeah. Um, it's a it's only, though, Brian.
0: The only reason I um, I got into to board gaming um, in the last couple of years is that I went to a, to a shop and asked for some Ket, and got a very different thing to what I asked for. Ah <laughs> oh, yes, drug jokes a good way to start um yeah Makes um, it it more family friendly um yeah a lot of the games that are the games that are played a lot at christmas that sort of come out and, and are played are um are not the best games i feel games like monopoly cluedo scrabble what else what else am i
2: well actually while we were looking at this i stumbled um like doing a bit of research and looked for sort of best board games for families. Okay. Uh, on Google. And noticed that like you've got Amazon, you've got parents.com, the Telegraph, good to know. Now looking on th- loads and loads of websites, looking through all of them, it's all your typical like Hasbro shit. Mm-hmm. I had to really struggle to find anything that I would consider a good board game. Have you got some examples?
0: Yeah, I'm looking through my list just making sure there's no Hasbro shit on there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't get me wrong, there's there's a couple of okay ones out there, but generally, it's all things like Cluedo, Monopoly. Weirdly enough, I've just clicked on Tech Advisor and the first thing to pop up is Space Hulk. Um, Oh, Game of ah! Life. (laughs) Okay. Tech Advisor is perfectly fine because they've suggested Settlers of Catan, Dominion, and Scotland Yard. Hmm. Okay. I'm not sure if Space Hulk is a good game to play with your family.
0: <laughs> um, If you have a very small family and there's only two of you. Yes. Um, <laughs> you can have then...
2: a Terminator each.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So there's, there's this board games have moved on from these more sort of traditional games. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot lot of new mechanics, lots of new different ways of playing lots of advances in in gaming that are still accessible uh to your average person uh
2: so
1: although yeah, I, have, we thought I, we, oh. I do have to I, was, I do have to say that um uh last Christmas I did try uh, Well, last couple of christmases I've tried playing a few different games with my family um and last Christmas my sister did state um Oh, we're playing one of your board games, are we? Why can't we play a proper board game? <laughs> oh.
2: Oh, and, then, and then you murdered
1: her. <laughs> <laughs> um I think I just I mean to be fair, I think her idea of a proper board game, she really liked the game Payday, which is almost like Monopoly Light. Things like okay. that. Okay. Was um,
0: Monopoly too hardcore.
1: Oh well, everybody knows Monopoly can be a bit hardcore. It
0: can be a bit table flippy, can't it? Yeah. Um, and nobody plays it the same way and nobody actually plays it like it is in the rule book. No um because i i learned this when i took in uh for for christmas um into into my place of work where there are many young people and i i took in some and grabbed some copies of monopoly and other board games for them to play rather than doing an actual lesson because it was christmas mm-hmm. uh, in tutorial and they they eagerly set up a game of monopoly and then spent half an hour arguing over what the actual rules were before Sounds they even like. started
1: well, that actually, actually, I mean, I was going to talk about this later, but that that links quite nicely to something I was going to mention. Um, so, oh, I'm
0: sorry, I've preempted you. Yeah,
1: yeah, but that's fine. I mean, we can talk about it briefly now, and then you know. Um, so yeah, back in 2005, um, there was a, a blogger called um, Johnny Nexus. Um, oh, I know Johnny Nexus. Yeah, yes. yeah, he was writing for criticalmiss.com com at the time, um, and he posted an article which eventually became the campaign for real monopoly um basically highlighting the fact that for years everybody has been playing monopoly wrong um and that while most monopoly games go on forever and descend into arguments um if you actually play by the actual written rules um it can be a lot more uh, a lot more faster experience and a lot more enjoyable experience um, the highlighted rule itself is um, is to do with buying properties. So, you know, normally you kind of, you as you're moving around the boards, you, you'll land on, I don't know, Mayfair or something, and you can't afford to buy it, so then turn passes on to the next player. But the actual rule states that whenever you land on an unowned property, you may buy that property from the bank at its printed price. You receive the title deed card showing ownership and place it face up in front of you. But, if you do not wish to buy that property, the banker sells it at auction to the highest bidder. Yes. That's how I've always played it. The buyer uh, pays the bank the amount of the bid in cash and receives the title D card for the property. Any player, including the one who declined the option to buy it at the printed price, may bid. Bidding may start at any price. Now, yeah, okay, some people maybe do follow that. but I would say the majority of people who play it don't. Yeah, um,
0: I've I've never actually played the game that way. Yeah, and right. I've
1: played quite a bit of Monopoly.
0: Um,
2: yeah, that, that's been standard for me. Although I do, to be honest, me being me, I read the rules and exactly. absorb them quickly. You are, the best And the people
0: around you to
1: play. Yeah, I, way. and I yeah. I generally find the best way to enjoy a game is by playing the rules written in the fucking book. Exactly, but that's the thing is like the way that Johnny points <laughs> out in his blog is that like most people have never read the rules to Monopoly because most people have been taught by other people who think they know how to play. Um, I can
0: see why that rule has been taken out mm. uh, because it's it's it, it, it makes it a very different game. It does
1: it? Well, Everything
0: gets bought very, very quickly. Yep. Um, it but amplifies it... the snowball effect of Monopoly because someone can if they've got more money, they can just outbid everyone.
1: But then that's kind of the point. And, um, but that is the
0: point. Yes, it is. it is called Monopoly, not happy, nice socialism time. So.
1: <laughs> exactly. And it obviously, it also really increases the player interaction. So yes. it, it can actually make it a lot better game. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I was going to say, uh, we're getting together over Christmas to play a bunch of games. So mm. I think our challenge should be, we should play Monopoly once using the proper rules and then report back on what we think.
0: Yeah, Joe will win because obviously he's practiced. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, also
1: the, that, the fool that's been reading the rules all these years also that that bullshit rule of um when you land on free parking you get the money that was paid for fines the taxes yeah. that's yeah, not in there that's no no that's that's not no. a rule that extends the game ridiculously yes so yeah that's another made-up rule
2: that's yeah. one I don't mind because I'm lucky and end up getting it
1: most Yeah, of but that's time. the thing—is it extends? That's not in the rules, Joe. Not in the rules, and it extends the actual gameplay to my benefit. Because, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Because the idea is that people are supposed to go bankrupt, and you know, player elimination is not great in games, but it does make the game a lot faster.
0: Mm. Just having so- a look, none of the games I've picked have player elimination.
1: Oh, that's good. good.
0: Um, Yeah. Do you guys have any Christmas gaming memories or Christmas gaming traditions that you do? Um, Have experience because that's how memories work. We
2: we generally try and play a game over Christmas at some point. Um, Normally we are restricted to things like. Monopoly, and it's gotten to the point over the years where that's no longer a, an option because I always win and other people won't play with me anymore.
0: That happens a lot to you, Joe. <laughs> other games as well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yep. Um, so currently, no, but we are starting, almost starting one this year.
1: Because
2: mm. um, cool. obviously got my daughter, who is uh, very nearly ten um she is at the age now where she can actually start participating and playing games with us so we are going to start playing a few more Ah, christmas um although it'll be a weird one because like both my mum's quite keen on playing i'm quite keen on playing rocks will play uh my sister and my dad might not be so keen so there might be bullying involved
0: and have loads of fun really close to them and then not let them join in that's the spirit of christmas (laughs) um
2: no. <laughs> like a good option to me actually <laughs> yeah
0: um, we're having fun and you're
1: watching wallace and gromit again oh well done no that, that does tend to happen although um when we've played games in the past it tends to be a, a small group of us will go off into the kitchen to play on the kitchen table and everyone else will stay watching the tv but um although saying that um we do have one traditional game in the family to play at christmas time which has been I've, i guess played for Many years before I was even born, um, as a family game, which was uh, the card game New Market. I don't know if you've ever heard of New Market. No. But essentially, it's like a, it's using traditional playing cards, and you have um, cards in the center of the table that you're kind of uh, bidding on. You're putting money onto them in order to kind of score those cards. When they get played, you then take the money. From those cards. So it's kind of like bidding on racehorses, but it's cards. Um, so we always play that usually very late on, on Christmas Day um, before everybody sort of collapses in a drunken stupor. But um, but yeah, so that's, that's our sort of family game. But um, outside of that, no, we, we don't really play many board games. I mean, when I was kids, we did try and play Monopoly and Game of Life and things like that, but not much else
0: we um we always used to play Scrabble uh in my house, mm-hmm. so that was something that we did uh we played quite a lot of um and for years, I was convinced that my father was cheating <laughs> because he knew all of the little two letter words that mm-hmm. are sort of vital for putting on to triple word scores and putting at little junctions so that you can score things twice and using up all your tiles at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's lots and lots of them. And, uh, recently well, I say recently in the last few years, I actually played quite a bit of Scrabble using the Scrabble app.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, one of the things the Scrabble app has is a list of all the two letter words
1: mm-hmm.
0: because they are so important, but he always won because, He'd always put down chi, which is QI, yes. and put it in some awkward ass place and get a million points.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I still, yeah. I still actually play a lot of words with friends, and and chi is is a very good uh, play. But um, saying that, one thing on the official Scrabble app um, never allowed you to play the word Zen, which I always thought was interesting. Um, really? Whereas, well, yeah, whereas words words of friends does let you play. Did it? Zen. Did it
0: make you angry? <laughs> it did. <laughs> yeah, it's <was> quite ironic. <laughs> I'm good at puns. Not good at <laughs> keeping the conversation going. <laughs> Just an ambush dead end. Um, yeah, I do hear. Um, I my parents used to tell me a story um, of when they were when they were quite uh, a young couple of playing cards on Christmas Day for chocolate coins. Aww. and the game becoming so heated that they fell out and didn't talk to each other for the
1: rest <laughs> of the day. <laughs> that sounds like games at Christmas. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because,
0: because one of them stole all the chocolate coins and the other one had no chocolate. Hello. So So um, there's no gambling involved in any... I wish you could twist some of the games I've got, though. Hmm. hmm.
2: I, th- I think when we play Monopoly, we should invest in a few quids' worth of chocolate coins and play for sweets.
0: Yes, that, that, awesome. will, that will also liven things up. Yeah. Uh, the other, I, I heard a very strange Christmas uh, tradition from a colleague of mine, who um, a, a couple who play Escape from Colditz every year on Christmas, oh, right. um, and uh, they take turns. So one year one of them will be the Germans, and one of them will be the uh, the people trying to escape. And then the next year they'll swap over. So mm. there's it's quite a, a cemented tradition, apparently. Did any of you include Escape from Cold Hits no, I as mean, <laughs> no, one of your Christmas games?
1: I only recently learned about that game, and that was from um, the uh, event we went to last week.
0: Oh, at Dragon Me, uh, where Dragon they Me. had the new the new edition. Yeah. So real that... Nazi-looking memorabilia Exactly, inside.
1: yeah. So I, because I, I looked at the game at the time to find out, like, oh, is that a new thing? And no, oh, it's been around for a long time. But yeah, that's the first yeah. I've heard of it.
0: I first played Escape from Cold, It's Wrong, when I was about eight at primary school. Mm -hmm. Um, At no point while I was, um, you know, stuffing prisoners back into their cells and beating them with billy clubs that I think this would be good for Christmas. But (laughs) who knows? Who knows? It might might be the best Christmas game. So that's our wild card.
1: (laughs) Okay.
2: So, yeah, Is that so... what we're measuring everything against?
0: Yes. Is it more or less fun the Monopoly stroke escape from cold hits? <laughs> uh, yeah. So what I thought we'd do, we've each done a, a top five
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, with a couple in reserve in case someone else mentions their, uh, their, um, their particular game and we can bring some other ones in. So we should get sort of 10 to 15 games between us uh, that will be good for introducing other people to proper board gaming does that make me sound like a twat <laughs>
2: a little bit but uh, no
0: more mind.
1: than usual brian <laughs> yeah no well, it, it, th- that's <laughs> fine <laughs> <laughs> we, we know what you mean though um yeah like you say i mean there's some traditional board games that have been around for many years i mean monopoly's been around for like 90 odd years now and obviously game development the mechanics have come a long way since then so yes yes i wouldn't say the proper board games just modern board games
0: so just just briefly what criteria did you guys use to choose your games i'm intrigued as to how you decided which games to include on this list and which ones to pass over because we've all played a lot of games i just mostly went for games
1: that i felt had a good social element because you don't really want that kind of solo play um when you're sitting around the table at christmas you want some type of like back and forth. Um, Yeah.
2: Yeah. um, Kind of the same. I didn't include anything two player either. Um, They're all four groups. Um, Like Jamie said, I instantly ruled out portal because you don't, you want to actually communicate with other people. Um, (laughs) And I've kind of got two categories that I've been going through when I was thinking about this, obviously as the member of the podcast with a child, I was looking at things that can be played with children Mm -hmm. yep and then things that would be good for a sort of family setting like you say to introduce people to board games that might not be used to them but are possibly not as kid friendly Mm
0: -hmm. yes yeah i'm just looking at mine because i didn't consider children i don't care about children Mm -hmm. uh because there are there are none in my immediate family uh ever since i grew up that has been a fact um so looking at it there are a couple though that i think would work with children as well so it's uh be interesting i was looking for a good mix of different types of game yeah uh, and may the social aspect was uh was quite important and also maybe introducing some uh some different mechanics so some different ways of playing yeah. different <clears throat> things that might be new to people that they'll find really interesting
1: i'm just so, wondering um you'd have to say what now, right now, but do any of the games on your list include the traditional move your pawn around the board, like around the outside? Um,
0: my my backup number six has a move your pawn around the board mechanic. Okay.
2: Um, uh, I have things where you move around the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, only one of them um, is around the outside in a
1: that kind of way okay i was just wondering yeah because yeah, i mean that's that's obviously a staple of a lot of the traditional style games i've
0: got some worker placement where you'll place some meeples on a board
1: ah, so the euro mm. style
0: um yeah and yeah i've got one where you will have a pawn and move around okay um so that will probably come up um shall i go first sure
2: do you want to do one of yours and we'll yes, go through like
0: that? Yeah, sort of one, 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 and we'll go round in a sure. circle. Uh, okay, this game is, is um, has been tested at Christmas and passed the Christmas test, not with my own family, but um, anecdotally from a, a friend who played the game uh, with me a couple years ago at Christmas and immediately went out and bought a copy and took it along to his, uh, his family for Christmas. And that game is Settlers of Catan. Mm-hmm. Is that on anyone else's list? Yes. Uh,
2: it was going to be an honourable mention. Ah, okay. But it didn't make the list. Didn't okay. make the list. Interesting.
0: So um, we could all talk with authority with uh, about Settlers of Catan. Mm-hmm. Um, or Wood for Sheep, as I have <laughs> nicknamed it in my head. Settlers of Catan, I like it because everyone gets to play for the whole game. Yep. So unlike Monopoly or Cluedo, if you guess and you're wrong, uh, there is no player elimination. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important going, let's have a family sit together and play a game. And now you can't play for the next hour. Piss off. Isn't really in the spirit of Christmas. Well, depending on what kind of Christmases you have. (laughs) It's very sociable. You will be trading with people uh, throughout the game so there'll be lots and lots of talking and i think the core mechanics of settlers are fairly simple and easy to grasp i
1: would definitely say it's the type of game that you can pick up and actually (laughs) learn around the table now uh, one thing i was going to say is that um for most of the games that if you you know it's a game like monopoly where people feel like they know how to play it yeah the family can sit around the table and sort of just oh let's recap a couple of the rules but for most of the games on this, this type of list, they're going to be new to a lot of people. So I would highly recommend that if you are introducing any of these games to a gaming group or t- to your family, is that you learn how to play them properly first, whether that's watching yes. a YouTube video, having a thorough thoroughly of the rules and that type of thing, rather than sitting around the table and you know, for the first time opening it up and say, right, how do we play this then? Um, never goes down too well. But I think with Catan, it's one of the few you could actually learn as a group. It's quite straightforward.
0: Yes, yeah. I, I really like Settlers of Catan. I haven't played it for ages, actually. Um, mm. I last played a three-player game with uh, Colin and Aaron, who could not be with us today because they're dead. And they um, we had a, quite an aggressive game of Settlers of Catan um, with lots of shouting and insulting. Uh, but generally, it's quite a genteel game. And the theme of it, you are settlers on an island and you've got to build up the, the biggest or the best community is fairly easy to to get hold of in, mm. and sort of play through. It's not, you don't need to really memorize anything, memorize how anything works or anything like that. Cause it's fairly, the game is fairly intuitive. The, the things you need to build in the game are what you would need in real life. You're not trying to use space plutonium to make weird things or anything like that. Mm. It's a fairly true to life theme. So that helps make it, Fairly easy to grasp. Anything to add, Joe? No. Just checking you're still alive, mate, to be (laughs) honest.
2: Yeah, yeah. uh, No, I I agree. I Um, concur. (laughs) Moving on. Yeah, pretty (laughs) pretty much.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Um, It was one of the first games, again, when we we, um, as a group started expanding into board games, because our our gaming group started really as a tabletop role-playing group. Um, and we found that with people not being able to make it jobs work life we were having more and more sessions where there were not enough of us to really continue with the ongoing role play campaign and so board games became a great way to to fill up that that space and time and still socialize without having to find
1: something else to do cool um who wants to go second um, I can just mention actually. Okay, so, Catan was going to be my t- kind of top choice for uh, oh, a okay. game, but I have uh, preempted you once. more. Yes, now. you have. But, um, but saying that, uh, I'd say the best kind of alternative Monopoly game. Um, so, this isn't a game where you move around the board like Monopoly, but in the th- theme of Monopoly of being able to like buy things out and and get money every turn and things like that is um, is Power Grid, um, and I think power grid could make a very good family game as long as like i say you you take the time to learn the rules first to be able to explain them to your family as you know as you t- i haven't i haven't played power grid before okay i have looked at it many a time well and it looks fairly intimidating, actually. It looks fairly heavy. Mm. There's a lot going on. It's, it does. It, the thing is, it's not. It's Once you've actually got your head around the basics of the rules, it's fairly straightforward. It it does have several different phases. There's, I think, four or five phases through the game um, that you have to play through. But the core mechanics are fairly straightforward. So, basically, in Power Grid, um, you're trying to take control of the Power Grid of a region, of a country, um, and by building power stations, so you have the little houses that look almost like the houses in Monopoly uh, that represent you know the power stations that you own, and then you're building the kind of connections between the different power stations to and, and cities to power those cities. Um, as you go through, you need to be able to acquire the raw materials that you need to power your power stations. So early on in the game, everybody will be having kind of coal and oil power stations. Um, and you know generally polluting the atmosphere a lot but but have a very kind of accessible way of getting started but as you go through the game as more people start buying power stations more advanced ones come up such as being able to recycle garbage into power or then later like uranium and then finally the kind of end goal is the renewable power sources like wind farms and solar plants where you don't actually have to acquire the raw materials to power i'm
0: I'm sick of this liberal bias in board gaming (laughs) (laughs) Um, and... So I couldn't say that with a straight face. But, you <laughs> know, it's an audio me- medium, so I'll just make my sarcasm clear.
1: Yeah, and I, I just find there's again there's a lot of player interaction. There's there's bidding like the auctions every round to to bid for the power stations you want, um, and yeah, it, kind of, it has a kind of a, a similar kind of idea to Monopoly where you know you're trying to end up with the most money basically. But uh, and it it does have paper money in the traditional style, but it's got a lot more kind of drive to it than Monopoly does and a lot more of kind of an end goal. So there is an end to the game. Um, uh, yeah, I just find, I find, I think it would be really good to sit around the table and play with family. And it's one that I do hope to get out this year.
0: Sounds good. Sounds interesting. Joe, your first yes. choice, please. Sir.
2: Um, well, where to begin, really. I'm going to start off as a slight change of pace as something that is very kid friendly. Okay. Mm. And, they are the future. Well, sadly so. Uh, and it is something we have mentioned before. Okay. I actually really like, and I think it would go down really well at Christmas time, Ice Cool.
1: Oh, absolutely. And
2: uh, we, we've we've talked it to death, and I don't think there's too much.
1: Well, for somebody, who, saying, somebody who hasn't listened to our review or watched our review of Then school, they should go and do that, they should shouldn't do that. they? Um, very briefly, what and is bur- it? We'll
0: pop a link down and we'll pop the review up in the top corner. Uh, but Joe, just just give a very brief 30 seconds.
2: Um, what is it? Why okay, could? so you are playing a penguin that attends school. Uh, at this school, you are trying to get out of class and go and get yourself some fish. So there's up to four players. One of you will be playing a hall monitor, trying to stop the other penguins, and the others are trying to zoom around the board and take fish by going through certain doorways. Now, rather than it being a typical dice rolling game or anything else, it's what you would call a skill game because you actually have to flick your penguins around the board. Um, it's a lovely little game. It's very simple. The box itself turns into the playing board so it's got walls around it so you can flick your penguins and they're not just going to go flying off and get lost under a sofa or get eaten by a dog. Um <laughs> and generally it's it's a lot of fun it's easy for kids to learn and it it's just it is it's entertaining in its simplicity. Awesome. Yes, it has that a
0: tactility to it. Is that a, is that a word?
1: It's very tactile. Uh,
0: a tact yeah, it is very tactile. <laughs> um and it's I uh, we've we've played this game quite a bit and your daughter has joined in when we've been playing she and has. really seemed to be enjoying herself. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm i quite bad at reading people, but I assumed that she was having fun. She was laughing and smiling. That's what
2: happens. Right. Yeah. Um. Actually, yeah. earlier I said we're going to when I said to her, oh, no, I'm going to be doing this for a little bit and talking to you guys. <laughs> Um about games to play at Christmas, you went, Oh, can we play that one again?
1: Excellent. Awesome. So
2: there we go. So a
0: recommendation is... from an actual child. Yes. Awesome. Right, oh. I suppose uh background back to, to me then. Um Ooh, I'm just trying to decide which one to pick. I've got uh got something they're all quite different in a way, I suppose. Um if you're looking for something that's gonna take sort of an hour to an hour and a half, excuse me, and you want to avoid too much conflict. Uh, I think a good game to try, especially if you're trying to, maybe you've played some of the simpler games on this list and you're trying to push your family in towards something a little bit uh, deeper than uh, maybe some of the games that we talk about. I think that Lords of Waterdeep would make a very good game mm-hmm. to play with friends and family at Christmas. Has anyone else included that on their list? Yes, I
1: have. No. I think no, me and Jamie have, have just got list. the same top five
0: <laughs> <laughs> without realising. Um, Gone away and found the five games. Yeah. Uh, although I didn't include Power Grid, so that doesn't um Yeah, it's, um, it's a worker placement game it is themed around sort of dungeons and dragons and collecting rogues wizards clerics etc sending them off mm-hmm. to complete quests but the base mechanics of it are actually again fairly quick to grasp mm-hmm. you collect the different people you send them off you've got different places and locations to um to send your uh, your agents and it has a little bit of a hidden role which is always good, a little bit of uh, little bit of spice. And there is a little bit of player interaction. You can play cards to affect each other, or you can go, I can see Jamie wants the rogues. So I'm going to go there and stop him. I don't know why I'm picking on you today, Jamie. That's fine. Uh, but it's fairly quick. It's fairly light. And we have played this game with a few people that, we, uh, that wouldn't consider themselves sort of hardcore gamers, and they have had a great time. Yeah. Uh, playing it with us um
1: i i would say so... yeah def- definitely the biggest hurdle to the game um is is the theme because mm. a lot of people see dungeons and dragons on the box and like nope well the theme is quite um in uh, what's the word uh, unapproachable for some people um i think the mechanics are something that anybody can just pick up and play
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, The idea of placing someone down, they get a thing and it come and you get the thing and then you can spend it on stuff is fairly straightforward. That is pretty much the basis of the game, isn't it? Mm, Definitely.
1: There's not a lot else going on. And again, Uh, again, for Christmas, you don't want a game that's going to take all night and it does have a very definitive end as you have your standard. Is it five or six rounds?
0: Yes. I think this might be a good time just to, to crack out a cheeky anecdote. Uh, A couple years ago, our gaming group assembled uh, alongside some partners uh, of said people in the gaming group to play some games uh, at New Year's Eve. And we decided to try to play Spartacus Blood and Sand.
2: Hmm. Now, as as I'm going to interject with a thing, we did decide that it was a show people had watched yes that might be a good link
0: yeah Um, yeah, definitely
2: a link not gladiatorial combat with our group of friends and or partners was something people could go yeah that could be quite fun
0: yeah if Uh, you've not seen spartacus you're still seeing gladiator
2: yeah or you at least know what what the theme is yes yeah Um, i mean we we did the people stabbing each other
0: in primary school we just did romans 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 at felt. yeah
2: so it like from a theme point of view it didn't have that all it's got dungeons and dragons on it so people won't play yeah and we had all played it and had a a lot of fun with it yes and then (laughs) and
0: then about seven hours later (laughs) yeah uh the game was over and several of the partners had had naps (laughs) had wandered off had done other things and we never played a game like that again with those people. Um,
2: we've, we've never played Spartacus since.
0: No, no, we haven't. Do you even know where it is, Joe? It's on my shelf upstairs. Oh, is it? It actually made it. It seemed to just kind of be passed around like some kind I think of. It's thing gets <laughs> upstairs. Uh, for quite it might not while. be. <laughs> <laughs> um, might
2: have been burnt.
0: Yes, um, and good riddance. No, it's not a bad game by any stretch of the imagination, but. It most definitely was not uh, the right game at the, uh, for those more sort of casual gamers, and may have done more harm than good, potentially. Yes.
1: So we have your list. Yes. So Jamie, your your second choice. Okay. Well, my next choice um, is something that again, if you're um, if you don't want the conflict of you know and the arguments that can come around with a competitive game. Um, it's a cooperative game, and it's one that's been very, very, very popular in the board gaming scene in the last few years. So you probably won't be surprised to hear of it. But I did actually test it last Christmas with my family. Uh, sorry, Christmas before last with my family, and they really enjoyed it, and I ended up actually buying a copy of it from a brother-in-law. And that's Pandemic. Excellent.
0: Ah. Jamie, I've got that on
1: my list as well. (laughs) We have the same list. So, yeah, Pandemic, obviously, is a a cooperative game. So you're working together as a team. Um, Each person in the team has a different role. And you're travelling around the world to eradicate a virus that is gradually spreading around the world and killing the population. Four viruses. Yes, four viruses. So um, I just find that Pandemic... Again, it's it's got very nice, very easy to pick up game mechanics, Um, and it's also got a theme that you know most people would relate to in some way. I mean, everyone's heard of like the like the Zika virus and things like that, and everybody has you know kind of thought about what could happen. So it's not like like Dungeons and Dragons or something like that. It's the type of game where you can all just work together to come to a you know uh, a resolution. Yeah, so yeah. The, the game itself um, has also, it's got very nice art. It's very kind of, you know, approachable in its style.
0: Yeah, when you, when you said pandemic, I, I was going to make a joke about what could be more Christmassy than thousands <laughs> of people dying of plague. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's a cooperative game, isn't it? It is. Um, and I so- do know of families that don't like to play anything competitive yes. when they gather to have fun because maybe one member of the group takes it far more seriously than the others, or like Joe always wins, or someone doesn't like getting knocked out of a game or feels like they're being picked on. Um, And so it's one of those games where, you're right, everyone can work together. So if you don't want any overt, um, any kind of conflict within your games, Pandemic is a very easy to grasp cooperative game.
2: Okay, so my next choice... Uh, I'm actually going to go back to a um, a game I played as a child with my family. Um, that we still have a copy of somewhere. It is still available in some places, even though the box has changed. It looks shit now. <laughs>
1: um,
2: and the game itself was called Labyrinth. Nothing to do with the shitty film. Okay. Um Although, if you look for it now, I believe it's called Ravensburger Labyrinth. It's called Labyrinth and it's by Ravensburger, but that's what it seems to come up as on things like Amazon. Now, this is a really simple game. Uh, Again, really good for kids. Uh, You have a 5x7 board with little square tiles on, and that makes your Labyrinth. And you've got to run around the Labyrinth and collect treasure. Now, you won't always be able to get where you want to. So once per turn, you slide a tile into place and it shifts that entire column of the labyrinth along and pushes another tile out the other end to change up the pathways and block people off. And It's quite simple. Um, There isn't that much in the way of rules. You get dealt out the things you're trying to find at the beginning of the game. But it's fairly quick. It doesn't take... Massive in-depth knowledge to play. Um, yeah, and it's just quite entertaining.
0: Yeah, there is, a, um, there is a Labyrinth the Film tie-in board game that has come out recently, ah. which might be why it's come up as being Ravensburger Labyrinth rather than Labyrinth Labyrinth.
2: Possibly. Well,
0: um, um, if you just type Labyrinth Game into Google, you get nearly all of the top bit. Is it's actually the Ravensburger version? Excellent.
2: Uh, but yeah, it's something like I said. Plenty I played as a kid. Um, I th- I'll have to dig it out at some point so we can all play it. So we've done three, haven't we? Each. Uh, yes. Although you stole half of mine. Yes.
0: Good. Good. So my fourth choice is a game that. <clears> oh, <throat> excuse me. Well, uh, my fourth choice is a game that is. Semi sort of cooperative, you still have separate points, uh, but you are trying to give clues to people and you're kind of working together. Um, it's a a bit of a a classic now, and that game is Dixit. Have I read your mind again,
1: Jamie? No, I thought you had from the description, but no, okay, it is on my list though.
0: Yes, I thought it would be on your list, Joe. I would have, I'd have, was on your on your list. Uh we're big Dixit fans. Mm. Um maybe we don't play it as often as we uh, as we
1: used to. Um I've got an expansion I've not opened. I've got two expansions oh. that I've not opened. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably play some fucking dixit we should my
0: brain just wanted to go i've got three (laughs) we can have some kind of bidding war on expansions i don't have any expansions of dixit but i would love to play some dixit this christmas i would have our our gaming uh day it is such a uh, an easy game to explain it's such an easy game to play but it is absolutely great fun um the game involves uh, playing a card face down from a deck of these beautifully illustrated cards uh, full of sort of detail and quirks and sort of interesting, um, almost kind of kids' illustrations, the sort of the, the detailed illustrations from, say, uh, an old copy of Alice in Wonderland or something like that. Mm. Uh, the, the expansions mix it up and they change some of the art styles and, and give different ideas and different themes. But just the basic core game uh, involves you playing one of these cards down and giving a clue. And then the other players will look at the cards they've got and they will try to play a card that could fit that clue as well. And the idea is that as the person saying the clue, you want the other players to, you want some of them to guess, but not all of them. If you make it too obvious, then you will get no points because you've made it far too obvious. If you can get some of them to guess, then you will get maximum points and they will get points for guessing that it was yours. But if you're one of the, the other players, if you're one of the people that have just received the clue, you want to pick something you want to try and trick everyone else around the table for voting for your card as well. And then you'll get extra points if they do such a simple idea. Um, It's very visual. It probably would work quite well with kids. I don't know if you thought that, Joe.
2: Um, I actually deliberately put it on the older people's list.
0: Okay, why well, oh. is that? Well... Because you I've know more I'll... about children than I do. I've got some theoretical knowledge. <laughs> some book learning, yeah? Yeah, some book learning about like what they are. And I can spot them in a crowd, but I don't actually know
2: much about them. Well... I guess it just depends on who you're playing with as a group, because when we've played it you get a lot of words thrown out there like consumerism and tragedy and this kind of thing, and because you are trying to be vague, I think that can be quite a hard concept for kids to grasp, Yeah, Mm -hmm. because they might just go, Dragon! Yeah. And If no one else has got a card with a dragon on it, Or Everyone do one you... more guess. Yeah, because yeah, you're because it's much more about concepts than it is about the image itself. It is. So you want to be able to try and make a, you say a concept that can fit your image, because you know there might be other things that can fit that concept as well. And I think okay. that idea will be sh- a lot of children might struggle with.
1: Yeah, and also obviously you think about the experience of of kids compared to adults, and and them playing yes. together. Um, whereas adults maybe be making references to things that kids just wouldn't get and vice versa, maybe.
2: Well, this is it. I think if you had a group of children playing it, you'd be fine. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: But I'm not sure it'd
2: work.
0: Yeah, I suppose if you're... um, If you are playing with children, you'd maybe alter the way that you play slightly. I don't know. Because it's a game that's based around pitching something to your audience because you need them, to, some of them at least, to guess. I suppose if you were like a hardcore competitive gamer and you just gave clues that the child couldn't understand to make sure they couldn't vote for you, that would make you a horrible person, but don't Did do that, I don't know. This you why I don't play
2: Dixit with children. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> the recommended age is eight for the game.
1: Just okay. A, uh, look. okay.
0: Yeah, so Dixit. Dixit was uh, my choice. Back to you, Jamie. Okay.
1: Okay. Um... Yeah, so a kind of a traditional um, Christmas game that many people may have played. Um, Drinking gin and crying. Yeah, that, that usually is the end result, but the, <laughs> um, is charades or charades, depending where you're coming from. Yes. Um, and uh, one game that we all played this year that I think would make an excellent Christmas game um, takes the charades concept and turns it into a board game, and that's concept.
0: That's on my list, yes.. <laughs> <out> my
1: head. <laughs> so um, for those that, that don't know, um, concept is a, is a board game where you have a board that has lots of little icons or pictures on that could represent lots of different things. Uh, and then you work um, normally, um, you take a card that has some different options on for concepts that could be things like, um, you know your card may have for an easy option, something like squivel or angel Um, but it also has like medium and harder options as well so a medium option might say something like Bilbo Baggins whereas a hard option would say something like hungry like the wolf or remembrance of things past yeah so some more more difficult concepts than squirrel Um, but the idea is that you're trying to convey this concept to the rest of the group and to try to get somebody to to actually guess what your um, your concept is and you do that by linking these different icons together using tiny little plastic colored cubes and also these like nice um, icons like question marks and exclamation marks they can use to tie these concepts together so for example on the board you might have um, if you're looking for uh, the concept of a squirrel quite simply you might just have uh, the animal or wildlife type icon which has like an elephant on it and a fish and things like that and a squid you might link that concept to an icon that maybe has a tree on it, yeah. So something that the an animal that lives in the trees, and then you could take it further and, and introduce new concepts to try to get your idea across more effectively.
0: Yeah, you might pick things like there's things for size and yeah. uh, that kind of thing as well. You
1: grey, and red. Yes, grey and red. Yes. Yeah, because you, you can pick the two different colours, and yeah, absolutely. We'd, we'd be shit hot at concept. We would, especially for squirrels. That's, awesome, that's how ideas. we played it, and we weren't. Yes, we were yeah. good at the easy ones. It was just the hard ones. But that's that's one of the cool things about concept is that when you're playing charades or whatever, you're you're basically most people pick a movie or a book or something like that. Where in concept, some of the harder things are really quite obscure, but in a way that actually makes it more fun. And yeah, I I just think it's something that could be a good laugh uh, with your family.
0: Yeah, I think that easy, medium, hard difficulty as well allows you to scale it if there are younger players Absolutely. in the group and that kind of thing oh,
1: as To well. be honest, just don't do the hard ones because they're fucking impossible. But maybe save the hard ones for the end or something so that you could have, like I say, they can get a bit silly, but they can be I well think fun. we should do
0: a Let's Play just of the hard ones. Are we should oh out there. We should totally, let's do that. <laughs> You could, you could see me burst into tears <laughs> the inability ability to communicate.
1: Uh, so, yes, I love concept. I've actually put it on my Christmas wish list, so hopefully I might get it on Christmas Day and then we can all play it.
0: Oh, you preempted my final question, Jamie.
1: Oh, OK. My so final this is question a... is, what do we want for Christmas? Uh, well, I think, you know, this is a podcast of preempting at the moment.
0: Yes, yeah. Cool, yeah, concept. Very mm. good game. Very much enjoyed it. And I think it does take that kind of that Pictionary stroke um, charades concept and uh, concept uh, that idea that mm. style of game and kind of update it give it a new twist uh, make it slightly different joe
2: cool how many, how many more goes do i get two i don't I? this one and one more
0: yeah if we're if we're running i'm running out
2: so okay because i've got one two three four five things okay. left i've got one more I so yeah if we,
0: if we do this as a, a final one then maybe some on or you can just talk okay. for 20 minutes yeah, I, I,
2: you've I'm got to edit it that. so. that's true um, cool so we've mentioned quite a few games that are fairly long um, you're talking your hour to two hours kind of thing and sometimes that's not really what people want um, one of the games that I think is, is really good for again for kids nice little quick game get them thinking about this kind of thing you don't need a lot of space um uh, uh, is the Love Letter series?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Now, we've all played uh, Love Letter. Well, actually, I've never played the original Love Letter. I've played the Munchkin version. I've played the Adventure Time version. There is now a Batman version, I believe. <laughs> um,
0: there are there are thousands of different versions of. of yes. Love Letter. Uh, Each more themed than the last. Yes. Uh, some of
2: them introduce a couple of little rules. Some don't. Uh, But they're not necessary, but it's a very simple game. You are trying to get your letter to the princess um, by having the person closest to them at the end. Mm -hmm. And you play a bunch of rounds and you get a point if you win each round. Rounds take about five minutes. Uh, again, maybe, I, maybe
0: less a couple minutes.
2: Yeah, potentially you can, play, you
0: can play a full game of it in twenty minutes once you know what you're doing. Um,
2: mm-hmm. But I've played this quite quite with easily. like seven, eight-year-olds easily, um, and they've picked it up within a round or two. So actually, I think again, really, really good as an introduction for kids because you can get all these nice themes like Adventure Time, etc. It works nicely because you can find something they're interested in to get there interest Hmm.
0: yeah i just uh just to get just doing a little bit of of google foo i just literally typed the word love letter age range into google and now i'm probably on a government list (laughs) um probably not the best idea um to have done uh yeah what did you find um let me just go go back because i found the right thing i found a wikipedia definition of a love letter um nothing that's telling me that i'm on a list so that's that's quite nice everything's fairly innocuous as a response including love letter itself from board game geek uh 10 plus they recommend okay um yeah i i would quite happily introduce it to someone of that age Uh, it's fairly easy to to teach and you can be up and playing very very quickly Mm. and it is it is good fun it is yes there's not really much more to add to that we've
1: got good recommendation. a nice
0: explanation yeah good uh, well done now we did say five. i do have two left but one of them i'm not i'm not certain about i wanted to mention it and see what we thought so i'll go for my final game that is definitely one i would introduce to people at christmas and it's a it's a fairly recent game it's one of these ones you can tell when a game has that crossover appeal because they start to make different versions of the game a lot of the games we've mentioned you can get different versions of they've got not just expansions but um different ways of playing slightly different mechanics different theming etc and the game i'm thinking of here is code names
1: mm-hmm.
0: was that on anyone else's list no nope no really okay uh code names very very quickly is like minesweeper with words You'll have yes, it will <laughs> have five by five grid of words, uh, at pretty much random. There are lots and lots of different things, from sort of hot dog to a unicorn, with all sorts of different things uh, in between. Uh, two players will have a little grid in front of them. One will be blue team, one will be red team, and they will have. Some of those words they'll be trying to guide the other players to. Some of those words they will be trying to avoid. And if you pick the the completely the wrong word, one of them will will be an instant loss. So you will try to give clues, and the game is basically about trying to make links between the words that are that you have, that are the ones you want your team to guess, while trying to avoid accidentally leading them to the other teams or to the uh, to the assassin card. Uh, so you might say for instance um, potatoes three trying to indicate to your team that three of the cards in front of them are linked to the idea of potatoes in some way Uh, it's fairly simple fairly easy to to do you will give clues and immediately have someone pick something completely wrong because you didn't realize you will immediately be baffling the people opposite you and they'll be going what on earth is this madman talking about that none of these clues relate to potatoes they're obviously high on something um so you can have quite a good laugh with it they've just released a picture version of the game where you have pictures instead of words and they've released an adult version of the game with air quotes naughty words um as well which i've pl- i've played that version i don't think it change the game that much maybe we just gave naughty clues i don't know uh but codenames is a a big favorite of our talked about it a year ago on our skullduggery special so i'll pop a link to that uh, mm-hmm. for people to go and have a a deeper understanding of the game why didn't it appear on anyone else's lists? i'm curious
1: um, personally, because I haven't yet actually played it, but I do Oh,
0: didn't... Jamie! I know. Oh, sad but, um, we'll I... play it on our board game day. We'll Absolutely. add it to the list.
1: Yes. yes. Um, it's a game that I'm aware of and have seen a few people play it like online, but I've not actually had a go myself, so yeah, can't actually Joe? recommend it until then. Um, I suppose it depends on the size of you, because code
2: names you need at least... What? Four people. Four?
0: As a minimum. It works. I think it works best with about six.
2: Yeah, that that's so, the way I I would look at it. Um, and so having six people all agreeing to play a board game isn't something that's very likely in my house. Okay, getting uh, a bigger house.
1: <laughs> so it, it it didn't make it for that. It was a it was a players thing. I, th- um, I think actually, actually that's not a bad thing because um, if you think about it, it might be a good idea to have a few options available on on Christmas. And Based to have, have like a four-player game, ahead, yeah. you know, to only have four-player games. If somebody else turns up, then suddenly you know you have got a problem. So having a couple that include more is probably a good idea. Yeah,
0: the resistance Definitely. code names Dixit will all spread to to more people. Hmm. Yep. Um i um, Waterdeep you... two.
1: Have you got the expansion? It goes to six people, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. So there's there's there's. There's a range there as well. Yeah, I mean, if a, you've got
2: could, massive family gatherings, yeah, uh, Resistance is amazing because you can have up to nine. Ten. Ten? Oh, oh yeah, of course. Ten players, yeah. Um, but another game that's very similar that would also fit in, depending on uh, whether or not the theme fits, are the Vampire and the Werewolf games, the one Yes, games. I don't like uh, Werewolf,
0: therefore I didn't include it. But I can see it's... Oh, God, I just fell over. Only, like, slightly. Yeah, I don't like Werewolf, so I didn't include it, but I know it's popular with other people.
2: I really like the game. Um, I think it's really easy to introduce to a big group of people because there's an accompanying app that's free you can get now that does all of the hard bit for you. Um, As long as you can listen, which is a key requirement, really, uh, you're absolutely fine. So... I th- I think it works really nicely and would work for
1: good groups. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, so, yeah, so, Jamie, your final choice. Okay, yeah, so uh, I think my final choice is probably going to be Scoville. So, okay. Yeah, so so um, Scoville was a game that was uh, kick-started a couple of years ago, um, and it's all about pepper farming. Um, and, again, I think it's one that plays very well it's kind of it's quite a nice game, and it plays very well in a group. It's competitive, but it's not too cutthroat. Um, but yeah, the idea is that you're you're trying to breed peppers um, on a field by crossbreeding different coloured, like almost like meeples but pepper shaped. Uh, while moving your farmers around between the tiles,
0: the, the pieces are very cool. I do like the
1: pieces. They, they are, and it's got some nice player interaction. You've got some bidding uh, again, auction style, uh, where you're trying to bid for different uh, types of peppers. Um, you've got the cook-off where you're trying to bake different types of chili, mm-hmm. um, and it's yeah, it's it's a cute game and it's it's a lot of fun. And again, I think it works if you uh, again up to I think four players. Uh, it works very well. <laughs>
0: yeah do you think i'm just thinking cuz we we played this um back in the summer hmm. uh, do you think it would be an easy game to teach cuz i i'd be kind of thinking maybe that's a little bit tricky
1: i think again as long as you know what the game is before you sit down at the table don't don't try to learn it at the table um yeah. i think it could be quite quick to teach as if you you get the board set up you explain the the main key three areas and then go for it i think it should be fairly straightforward
0: Cool. Uh, Joe, then, you've got quite a few games left because you overprepared I did. and also seem to have a different angle than maybe me and Jamie. We've overlapped a lot. Um, is there anything that you would say would be your number one? And then we'll discuss the remaining ones maybe briefly.
2: Uh, out of the ones I have left? Yes. yes. Um, interestingly enough, of my lo- remaining three games, I own one of them because I picked it up very recently. Uh, but the, the one I would take as my, my top pick that I might actually steal off you, Brian, is Terror in Meeple City.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I played that game last night. Our roleplay group seemed to be suffering from some form of plague last night. So instead, we played some board games and that was one that was uh, just dug out because it's uh, a good laugh. It, it's really quick and easy um, to play. Yeah. So I, I do like that game.
1: Cool. I can't comment because I've still not played it.
0: Oh, Jamie! Oh, <laughs> sad times. Um, it involves playing a monster and flicking st- flicking trucks around the board, blowing buildings over, stomping on things, uh, picking on your friends and eating people. It's great.
2: Yeah, it's something that's very very easy, very fun, very physical, and again, it's something I think kids can get on board with quite easily.
0: Yeah, the physicality of it, actually, it would make it very, very good for, for kids because they've not got to sit and concentrate on rules and abstract things they can pick up the thing and put it on their monster's head and flick it at their friend yeah. stroke cousin mother whoever it is they're flicking it at dog the dog which might who might eat it
2: sorry uh, i've kind of
0: preempted your explanation there
2: so <laughs> it's fine it, it got discussed
0: yes well, so i i waffled about it for two minutes that's good enough cool
2: you want me to say my the last two things i would mend as well uh, say
0: one i've got one left that okay I'm, I'm i'm on the fence over okay and then you can say your last one
2: so again a very simple game uh that i think people would enjoy would the rhino hero oh yeah, oh yeah yeah definitely picked it up this weekend at dragon meat uh for like six pounds uh me and brian played it at a board game cafe and it's it is lots of fun. Uh again, easy for kids. It's like Jenga in a way. J- you...
0: Jenga with rhinos, yeah.
2: It's, it's Jenga crossed with building a tower of cards. Yes. Um again, good good easy fun. that's easy to pack away and everything. Um that would be again very suitable for kids and it's cheap if you
1: want to invest in something uh, isn't going to break the bank yeah it's a lot of fun, I would say if you are looking for that game it does come into two names it's called Rhino Hero and Super Rhino depending on which region you're in so
0: yes. if you're looking for mm. it uh, yeah if you go on to Bizarrely I've just, just looked at so I, I thought £6 was quite cheap
1: No, that's the normal price uh,
0: but it's roughly about that, yeah it's £6.60 uh, online I just found it for and it has a picture of the Rhino Hero box but it is called Super Rhino so that's quite quite unusual mm um yeah we we enjoyed playing that and it was very very easy to pick up a skill-based game again another physical one so yep. the kind of thing that pretty much anyone can play and it does have that element of picking a really awkward card and playing it yeah. in an awkward way and going ha ha got ya.
1: i have to say you've inspired me i'm quite tempted to grab that now and play that at christmas with my family
0: yeah i just added it to my because uh, it's a great game it's a lot yep. of fun cool Now, going in a slightly different direction, there is one game that I have played to absolute death with my friends who are who wouldn't consider themselves gamers or especially not board gamers. Um, It's the one game that I can be guaranteed to if there's people over because you need a certain number of people. uh, It's the one game that I can be guaranteed that my partner will actually play. And it's a game that I came home to find her playing with some of her friends uh, last month, uh, which was very uh, unexpected. That game is Cards Against Humanity. Hmm. (laughs) It is an adult-only
1: game. It is not suitable
0: for all the family.
1: Yeah, it can actually be weird uh, playing it with your family as well, to be fair.
0: Yes, I've heard all sorts of tales of people trying to play this game with their family. Um, It has some very offensive cards. It has some very sexual cards. Um, It is actually the the base idea of using cards that you draw from a a very big pile to fill in the blanks in phrases so it might say um blank kid tested mum approved and then you've got to try and pick a card that you think will make the person who's running that round laugh that's the that's the idea. Whoever makes them laugh the most or they think maybe had the most interesting or whatever. You know, they can judge it on their own criteria. They get to, they, they get a point for that round and you go around and you just play until you you're bored. Generally, I tend to find the game fizzles out mm-hmm. um, unless you're playing to a set number of points. But most people will keep playing it. It's incredibly simple to play. Um, it's actually based on a game called Apples to Apples. Mm hmm. Which might be a better thing to actually play, <laughs> especially at Christmas. I have to admit that i'm I'm slightly bored of cards against humanity now, because mm. a lot of the cards will work on shock value, and once you've seen them a couple of times, it's not shocking anymore. Um, I'm also slightly aware that there are some of the cards people may find offensive
2: mm. think as of a very good. Uh, judge of whether or not you and your family would get on with this game. <laughs> if you find Frankie Boyle particularly entertaining, and everyone in your family laughs at him all the time, go and buy it. It'll probably yeah, go Fra- down well.
0: Yeah, Frankie Boyle, um, Jimmy Carr, Jim yep. Jeffries, that kind of style of comedian uh, will will be fine, but I know a lot of people have issues with it hmm. as being very unpolitically correct, very offensive if you uh, choose to play it in that way. And the cards point you towards playing it that way, without yeah, yeah, a shadow yeah. of a doubt.
1: It does. Although if if you do have a very strong role centre, um, just uh, keep in mind that the actual team behind cards against humanity do a lot of good for charity. Um, I know they're actively involved with World Builders which is Pat Office's charity and things like that. So, uh, yeah.
0: They do, but that may not be enough to excuse them from being no. terrible humans. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so that, that was out there. That was one that I, I, you know, what's the game that everyone will play? And that is the game that everyone will play. Once. <laughs> yes, yeah. So just something to consider. Joe, your final choice then?
2: Yes, uh, my final choice is a game that Jamie introduced us to. Um that, is I that think one it's... where you
0: take all your clothes off and hide in the shower?
2: No, that was James. Um...
0: Uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but... And that is, is netrunner. No, it's not netrunner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, you want to get your uh, you want to get your mum's stim hacking on. Stuff, right? <laughs>
2: uh, no, my my final choice or my final suggestion would be uh, Takanoko. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um. Again, nice kid-friendly theme. Uh, it's easy to play. It's got nice pieces involved. Oh, so lovely it's little on. figures. Yeah, it's not particularly complicated. Um but there's enough depth to keep everybody interested.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um yeah, uh Jamie, do you want to go through what it is? Oh, blimey, so Okay. Far better far yeah. better than I
1: do. So, Takonoko, um it's basically you're um developing a garden um for a panda. So, you're I believe it's based on an actual historical event. it's a it's a a panda appeasement
0: simulator (laughs) (laughs) that's the best thing ever hang
1: on one second so um yeah so basically the idea is that you're trying to develop a garden for a panda um to be able to keep this panda sort of fed and um this based on actual kind of semi-historical um actions where um the in the japanese imperial court The Chinese emperor offered a giant panda as a symbol of peace to the Japanese emperor. So then the Japanese emperor had to keep this panda um, happy um, and have a bamboo garden. So the idea is that in the game, you are building this garden and moving around a gardener to help grow bamboo, and then you're also moving around a panda to try to eat the bamboo. Uh, And it's like I say, very cute little sort of pieces that you're moving around the board. The, the tiles themselves are very much like Catan tiles. They're the sort of hex style um, oversized um, tiles. Um, each one in a different color. So you've got like pink, yellow, and green. Um, and each one grows a different type of bamboo. And you have sort of goals. Uh, you have these little cards that have um, either panda, gardener, or uh, land sort of uh, tiles that suggest the type of tiles that you should be overplacing placing and building so, making a pattern with a certain types of tiles, or which types of bamboo, um, which types of bamboo you want the panda to eat. So, maybe like three stacks of uh, pink bamboo. Uh, so, you're trying to secretly move your pieces around the board to complete your goals before the other players. Um, and yeah, I just think it's a lot. It's a lot of fun, and it's um, again quite simple mechanics.
0: Excellent. So, um, if we were to pick one of the games that we. Um, that we recommended to be the one we, we say, go out and get this one. If you can only get one, which one would it be? Jamie, which uh, one do you think uh, would you go for?
1: Probably Catan. First?
0: Catan? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good choice. Um,
2: Joe? um oh, It's quite a difficult thing. I'm going to avoid all the, the games I put towards adults. Um, okay. I think you guys have got that covered. Yes. If you yeah. were going to go and pick one... I'm, I'm going to cheat and say two. Okay. If you want something small and cheap, go and buy a version of love letter. Yep. If you want something a bit more involved, I would probably suggest, uh, terror in people say, cool. Uh, and
0: I, I would say, I think the game that you'll probably get the most mileage out of, um, and to have the broadest appeal uh for me would be code names that would be the one i would recommend you go and grab first just simply based on how often it it actually kind of hits the table um it seems to have quite a lot of appeal at least amongst the uh the people we play with and i'd be very comfortable introducing the idea to pretty much anyone Hmm. awesome excellent right what then what games do you guys want for Christmas? When you wake up bleary eyed on Christmas Day, you check under the uh, under the Christmas tree. What games do you guys want to find lurking there? Uh,
1: well, like I said already, um, I've added a uh, concept to my wish list. Um, yep. And actually, I've just added Super Rhino to it, rather than just buying it. So um, <laughs> yeah, Super Rhino or Rhino Hero. Um, I definitely at the moment. Um, I've got, I've got, like I said to you before, a bit of a pile of shame at the moment. I've got a lot of unplayed <laughs> board games that I need to start playing. So rather than getting new ones, I'm going to drag out a lot of the ones I haven't yet played.
0: Would you like to find like a, a bottle of time? Mm,
1: that'd be lovely. Yeah, time turner or cool. something.
0: Yeah, so you want a time turner so you can play all of the that'd games. Be perfect. Cool, Joe. What are you? Uh, what are you looking forward to maybe picking up at
2: Christmas term? Um to be honest, I'm not really sure. Uh there are games that I really enjoy that I don't own that I would love a copy of. Things like yeah. Waterdeep. Yeah. It's just very, very, very good. Um be but you own them all, Brian. I don't I don't need any <laughs> more games.
0: <laughs> no, that's a good point. Well if something was to happen to me, if I was to have a Christmas accident.
2: It would come it got to a my house, leak, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's, yeah. <laughs> no, if if I was going to have one game that I won, that I would like a copy of for myself, it would probably be Lords of Waterdeep.
0: Hmm. Cool. The uh, the one game I I'm I'm hoping I can find a game that I can play with my uh, with my other half, something that I we can we can play together of an evening, um, and it's been a kind of ongoing. Not a struggle as such, but to find something that she really gets into, um, I found quite difficult. And um, one of the games that's been on my wish list for a while that has sort of returned to mind for something that maybe uh, we could play as a couple is Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Mm. Uh, shut up and Sit Down did a great review of it quite a while back now, and the idea of sort of trying to solve a mystery together. Uh, might be something it's a very different kind of feel to any of the other games I've got so I might I might try and sort of slip that into my onto my Christmas list in the hope that she'll buy it and I can force her to play it with me
1: yeah that is on my wish list as well but it's never in stock and when it is it's ridiculously expensive yes yeah it it, it sort of comes
0: and goes in availability and you're right it can be pricey but you know what's Christmas for if not to to treat yourself <laughs> Excellent. So, thank you very much for uh, for listening. Um, the thing I would like most for Christmas would be that if you people listening out there, if you enjoyed this, if you could share it, uh, that would make uh, make my Christmas dreams come true. Oh, Uh So, <coughs> excuse and, me. Yeah, I well, I'll say, to and, uh,
1: and uh, I'll just say that you know we will actually at this sometime this Christmas sit down actually play Monopoly the proper way and see if it's actually an okay game.
2: Yes, that will be an
1: interesting experiment. Hmm. I'll, I'll go once.
2: read the rules in uh, anticipation.
1: Excellent.
0: Anticipatory rule reading.
1: <laughs> oh Joe's Christmas ex- is made.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's a fun that's a fun afternoon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that has been episode fifty four of the Critical Twits Gaming Podcast. I've been Brian Ennis.
1: I've been Joe Lewin. And I've been Jamie Myland. We
0: hope that we've given you some good ideas for sharing your love of board games with uh, your nearest and dearest, or if you are someone else's nearest and dearest and you're not particularly into uh, to board games yet, uh, giving you some ideas of things that might be able to ease you into the, uh, the board gaming uh, hobby. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Bye. Bye. the Christmas is real Joe yes Brian